0: Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we
1: take you behind what we teach here at West Side. I'm Ben Fleming. I'm Evan Earwicker and we are here live at the 530 with Pastor Steve Mickle.
2: Yes. Welcome everybody. Great.
1: Everybody? There we go. All day long we've been talking through some of the most memorable messages of 2018. You say
2: memorable, I would say controversial. Evan, you picked two messages that I preached this last <laughs> year that got more. I got more emails about. So I don't think they're memorable as much as controversial. We went off of YouTube views, to
1: be yeah. fair. Of, so maybe actually, the controversy he's, spurts he's, on those views. He's right. I just watched this message and the crowd is very loud and not always in a good way during this message (laughs) you can watch it if you haven't watched this it's called uh, christian ethics from a few series ago and the crowd at at points um i would have been scared if i were you yeah we should
2: we should when we when we um put this on online we should put our the message connected to it also just with easy click yeah because it was yeah so great i get to talk about it again that's awesome (laughs)
1: There, There is ways you can get back at your boss. Uh, this is one of them. Make him talk about the worst messages he's preached. All right, no, this was a good one. Uh, this was something that... Quick, quick, Ben, save me, help me. <laughs> this was a great minute. Let's talk about food we can dip in church. Okay. Um, no. I have, I have the, the main quote, though, from this message. I want to read this, and then we'll, we'll dive into it. But uh, kind of your thesis statement was, how we treat one another matters more than our Christian moral codes. Even though Jesus is more concerned about internal transformation than he is about external behavior, both matter to him. Do you still agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even when, uh, yeah, even when you prayed, you you intro introed uh, the the message and then you prayed and you prayed that everyone would be offended. Yeah,
2: and it, the reason is because I feel like we've gotten stuck in uh, American Christianity with a um, that our behavior matters more, like. Um, what's right and wrong matters more than our relationship with Jesus. And so we put that out in the front end, like you have to live a certain way, act a certain way. If you want to be a Christian, a Christ follower, and it's backwards. It's like, we've got to become Christ followers. And through our relationship of grace that we have with Jesus, we're transformed into the people that he desires us to be. But, but we've gotten it backwards. I, I talk to people almost every week that are outside of the church and they just feel like they can't be a part of a, of a, of a congregation, a spiritual family, because they're not good enough. They're not right enough. They're not they or they don't or they disagree with some precepts of Christianity. And um and so, well, I can't really be a part of that group because I don't actually agree with their stance on and fill in the blank with whatever issue. And so they never get to meet Jesus. Hmm. I mean what there's something wrong with that. Yeah. There's something wrong with that. If you, have to, if you have to believe a certain way before you can belong to Jesus, I just, I just don't see that in the New Testament. I don't see that in the way of Jesus. He was welcoming people from all different walks of life, all different beliefs, and they were embraced by him. And then over time, through a process that the Bible calls sanctification, they became more and more like him. Um, not like Christians, not like, you know, but like him, which is more important.
0: So we're talking about doing things that are kind of outside the classic traditional uh, behavior of a Christian and things like that. But where's, uh, where's maybe the line, I guess? Because I'm assuming that there are some things that I could do in my life that would get me fired or something like that. Um, there are things you could do in your life that would probably
2: require us to go through a process of restoration for you. Um, but there is nothing that you can do in your life other than to deny the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life that will remove him from wanting a desire and relationship with you see I think that's that's the distinction for me is that we've put all of these moral issues as prerequisites to being known by God to being loved by God to being accepted by God and it it's just simply not, that's just not the gospel. The gospel is that through Christ, I am his beloved. I'm his son and daughter. I And it, what, no matter what I do, um, as long as I keep my face turned toward him um, and allow the work of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction and correction and um, adjustments, then, I mean, I'm under Christ. So, so yeah, there, there would be things that any of us could do that would undermine um, the work of God in our lives for sure, but... Um, it doesn't necessarily disqualify us from relationship with God.
0: Right. So what's this been like for you? You've been walking out this this message, and I'm sure you've had a lot of conversations with people inside of Westside and maybe even outside of Westside about this specific subject matter. And even in your message, you talked about uh, one of the things that probably freaked a lot of traditional christians out like if like me if you grew up in the church you talked about smoking a pipe oh, that you shoot. found you knew you were in... going to bring it up ben man i wasn't sure which one of you were going to bring it up <laughs> you to... spoke it on the sermon that was the only reason i wanted to bring it up and felt comfortable with that but you found it in chase's car right after yeah. he had um, died in the car accident yeah. and you 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 use that as an opportunity to contemplate and think about your son, and could, just talk about what the I've process. i had great like conversations with people. Uh, some were like, "Yes, Pastor, I wish my unchurched friend was in
2: church that day. He would never leave. He would always be here." <laughs> you know. And then I had others that were like, "Well, don't you just need the Holy Spirit, Steve, to comfort you and help? Why do you need that?" Super interesting conversations um, about it. But what I but for but what I want the church to kind of get to a place is like, okay, well that act that particular thing does not it doesn't like oh god is really displeased with steve now you know i mean it's he's not yeah for one and for two it's it's there's there's this open door that god gives us to journey through life trying to figure these things out without this sense of like oh i blew it again dang it and having that weight of shame all on us all the time. Yeah, there, there's no freedom in shame. There is only bondage. Only bondage. You can't, you can't be set free. And this is in anything, re- regardless of what the issue is. You can't be set free if you're filled with shame. So we've, just, we've, in church, I think we've just heaped a lot of shame on people.
1: When you told that story in your message, you kind of left it open-ended. You didn't say what was in the pipe. <laughs> uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> and. I should
2: have been very clear.
1: So it, it was a tobacco—it was a tobacco pipe. Yeah, just like let everybody like know, a grandpa, old
2: grandpa. Yeah. A pipe.
1: yeah, but what was interesting, as I was watching these conversations unfold after that, which it was, there was a lot of conversations. What was interesting—the uh, fact that you did leave it open and people kind of left it up to their own interpretation of what you were saying that you were doing—maybe um, it drew this even more to the surface. Maybe it rubbed people even give more tension to this thought of does what, what matters more?
2: Yeah. I, what had matters people, more? I had people come up to me they knew it was a tobacco pipe and, and they were like, well, what if it wasn't? What if it was actually marijuana? And their approach was like, what's the big deal? Let me just let that sit and get everybody uncomfortable for a minute. <laughs> See, if you've been in church for any length of time, you write right now, you want to draw a line in the sand and, and and make declarations of what's right and what's wrong with very little empathy towards those who don't agree with you. And 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 I'm just not willing that anything get in the way of people knowing Jesus. I'm not willing to like say, well, oh, you smoke pot, which is legal now by the way, but you you got to stop that before you know Jesus. I'd rather that I just I mean, I'm not going to sit in their living room and partake with them because of my own moral code that I have, but I'm not going to place that on them as a prerequisite for knowing Jesus. I'd rather sit in their living room while they're smoking their pipe and have a conversation about my Lord who loves them desperately and then let him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, work out anything he wants to work out in their lives after they accept him as their savior that 's kind of where that 's kind of my approach to most everything now in in the morality arena um, and and because and I st- I even said in the message we need to have moral codes we need to have everybody should have a moral compass everyone i just it 's just not the same for everyone and it, and it 's arrogant to think that it should be and I told this story I told the story of the late my friend and and I was about ready to say the country and i, I can 't say the country because some people that are listening to this podcast could trace it back to the person. Um, but there was a, a, a couple from another country, a European country, I can say that, who were pastors. And they came to visit us in Croatia where we live. We took them to the beach. And they are pastors, senior leaders of a church. And, um, and we get to the beach and we start putting down our blankets and everything. And she, the, the wife, begins to take off her top. And I was like, uh, no. We, I, I know that it's okay in your country, and that it's okay in, in Europe, and it's even okay on this beach, but it's not okay with me. She didn't get really offended, but a little offended, and she's, and then she said, "Oh, but you let your kids watch Star Wars." You guys remember that? Did I remember that story that I told you? Oh yeah, we remember it
1: <laughs> for sure.
2: And then I was like, "You let your, I <laughs> so I, I was I confused. I was like, so you so it's okay for you to." be on the beach topless, but it's not okay for my kids to watch Star Wars. And, of, and she would say because of the violence. And I'm, all that, I told that story all to say that there's different lists and who's, who's to say who's right and who's wrong. I just, that we just get, everything gets complicated and cloudy. And I just like, I just want to kind of like, I want to have those discussions, but I just want to have those discussions after I, um, people meet Jesus. And then we can talk about um, how we live and how we should live and right. what kind of decisions we should make and all of that.
0: So by the way, we we do we would love you guys to text in questions so you can participate in the conversation. That's the best part about this being a live to, podcast. Do want to do that? Um, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> uh, okay, we is a loose a term right now. <laughs> um, well, we would love for you to text in questions to participate and we'll try to get as many of those in as we can. So Steve, um, what, the argument that I always heard growing up when it comes to discussions about these things is yeah, that's fine, Steve. But we don't want people to stumble, right? Because that's something that that God is telling us not to do. We don't. So, what do you? What would you say to that?
2: That's a great question. And I, um, I was at Celebrate Recovery, um, which is our. Um, a freedom from addiction ministry that we have, um, outreach to people. And there was 150 or so people there and they asked me to share my story, my testimony. And, and then other people shared a little bit of their testimony and stories and many of them had to do with alcohol. And, um, it just reminded me, it was a good reminder that we live in a community of people that I don't, I don't believe personally, um, not, not drinking alcohol, not drinking alcohol is not part of my, um, I, I, Feel free to partake um, in that, but what I realized, and it was a good reminder for me again, is that we do live in a community of people that it 's not always okay, yeah, and that we should ask we should ask ourselves, those of us that maybe have those freedoms, is this right right now? Should I do this in this context, in this place, in this, you know what i 'm saying, or should I, should I withhold should i restrain myself and my freedoms for the benefit of those around me. Mm. Um, And that, I think Jesus would do that. I think the way of Jesus calls us to that, um, to ask those harder questions and not just go like, well, everything's permissible. Paul even said it. So I can do whatever I want. I can, you know, and it's like, well, we'll pause for a second. We live in a community. We live both in a family and a church community. And I think we just have to be careful. We just have to be careful. We have to be conscious of that. And so that, so I don't want my, I was even when I mentioned smoking my pipe, I was worried. I don't want to. I don't want that admission to give someone else freedom to do that, which they, which for them is an addictive bondage thing, where they can't actually stop. And I, don't, so I don't want anything that I ever say to give someone permission um, to do that. So we just have to. We just have to walk this out, right? We just have to figure this thing out. I don't think there's any like you know, rules to this. I just think what we've done in the past is we've just like, well, it's easier just to put these things into a never-do list. Yeah. It's just easier to do that. And we make it then, but then what happens is we make it a moral issue between that now affects my relationship with God when it should have never been part of that list. It should just be a conversation about, should I do this in the context of the community I live in?
0: And really it's amazing how our minds can actually give us permission to do stuff anyways. We can twist things around and we can cause our own selves to stumble. I, I struggled with pornography for a certain amount of time in my life. And I remember hearing pastors talk about their struggles with pornography and saying, this is how I got out. This is why I got out. And this is why, you know, I'm healthier now. And I could take those messages and I could hear, oh, see, well, they were into pornography for a while and they eventually got out. So I can be into it for a while and eventually get out. Yeah. I can cause my own self to just keep stumbling. Yeah. We have
2: to we have to be conscious conscious of this this reality that does exist in our humanity and go like, wait a second. I mean just because God doesn't judge us and embraces us in our brokenness doesn't mean, well, let's just all stay broken and let's just all, you right. know, it's just, let's, it's just the way it is, you know, or something like this. I'd rather move towards freedom, move towards purity, move towards um, holiness in a sense, um, but we can't do it on our own. Yeah, We need the help of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Good. And
1: it's the stance that Jesus approaches broken people with and what he leads with. Um, and I think we want to make this clear that, that Jesus led with acceptance But there was, there was. I guess, meet to his message, too. There was a, a call into transformation. Absolutely. And we never want to give the impression that we don't care about life transformation. It's just we don't lead with moral codes no. as our front and center push when we talk to somebody who doesn't know yeah. Jesus. I
2: mean, every story that you read about Jesus' interactions with real, actual people, never, he never led with that, um, with the moral code. Uh, the prostitute that was caught in the act of prostitution, pulled out, guys begin to st- are about ready to stone her. He steps in. And he, and he has this kind of interaction. Does anyone, you know, anybody without sin throw the first stone? Nobody throws a stone. She, he looks at her as, you know, they have, they're not judging you. I'm not either. And then he says, go and sin no more. And so what we like to do in Christianity is we like, well, make sure you say, go and sin no more. Make sure, make sure that's in there because it's really important. And it's like, well, you haven't convinced the person they're loved yet. She was convinced in that moment that's that it. this man loved her. In that space, in that moment, and out of that place of love, he was able to say to her, "Annie, don't keep doing this." And she followed him. You know, most people aren't following Christianity because we don't have the love piece hmm. done very well.
1: Yeah. In my family, uh, <laughs> it's really quiet in here. No, it was good. That's good. It was really good. Uh, I have I have a family member. Uh, he's been dead for a long time, but um, very religious man, um, didn't go to movies at all, not just R-rated, didn't go to movies, didn't dance, didn't drink, Uh, very, very conservative religious person. Also serial adulterer, uh, cheated on on his wife for most of his adult life. And I always think of him when we talk about moral codes and the difference between Um, integrity and character and living out the way of Jesus versus appearing to live out the way of Jesus. And I I would think you look at a life like that and you say, um, bro, go to a movie but stay faithful to your wife. You know, get your priorities
2: yeah, straight. Yeah, you kind of miss you kind of miss the point here of the transformation that Jesus yeah. wants to do in our lives. It's, 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 it, it. He wants to do deep soul work in us, and 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 some of the stuff we just it's the stuff that we focus on a surface level. You know, and I, I do think it's important what we put into our bodies, what we allow in, and through through our eyesight, what we what we look at. All of that. So I think that's. I mean, I think that's really really important. But it is what comes out. It's how we act out our brokenness um, that Jesus is mostly concerned about. Yeah. So where does
0: does all this come from? Why is it this way? I I spend a lot of time with young adults, and a lot of times uh, I've had a lot of conversations with young adults who just gave their life to Christ, and they come up to me after the service and go, hey, I just accepted Jesus. I'm going to dress different next time, I promise, and I'm (laughs) going to stop cussing. And it's a part of the church brand somehow that this moral ethic and moral code sits at the very top of what we do. Where does all this come from? I, I don't know, Ben. I
2: think decades and decades and decades. Decades of putting the moral code at the front of the line. You know, I mean, I've even told when somebody comes to me and says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I have this problem with swearing. I'm like, I, I actually don't care. I'll tell them that. I, don't, I actually don't care. You keep, you keep swearing if you want. I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think it matters. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and it, it matters, right? I mean, it matters. This doesn't matter the way they think it matters or the way they, they think I think it matters. And so it's just always I just like to shock people like oh yeah I, yeah I swear if you want I mean no big deal I mean I really and I mean I you know <laughs> so you're like well that is a big deal Steve yeah but there are the bigger deals that probably this guy would love to talk about but 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 he's swearing and that's the thing he wants to talk about because right. he knows that it's not right I'm like well let's can we go deeper than that yeah that's good can we talk more about the heart what's going on inside of you that's what that's where the transformation takes place.
0: So first text question, I'm going to kind of paraphrase this a little bit, Um, but how it fits in with this conversation, what are your thoughts on conviction and condemnation? How do those things fit into this?
2: Um, Two different things. Really important distinction between conviction and condemnation. Um, Condemnation is from the enemy and from church people who think they are doing the the, they're doing the work of the Holy Spirit of conviction, but they're actually condemning. And uh, it has no place in the way of Jesus. Zero. I did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's Jesus himself. Quote, unquote, that's his, that's his thing. He came. But conviction is the gentle, loving work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to reveal to us things that we don't see that he wants to tweak that he wants to change that he wants to transform so that we can be made more and more into the image of the one we love the one that we serve the one that we follow and so conviction in my life is hugely important I get really worried actually Ben when if I have a season where I haven't felt the convicting work of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit because I ain't that good I know that and I, if there's if there's a season where the where maybe i've just stopped listening and the holy spirit stopped talking because i ain't responding when he does and yeah. so listen I, there are seasons where that's happened in my life and i man, i'm just i'm i'm more worried about that happening in my life than most anything. Like I want the Holy spirit to show me David, David prayed. And if there's any way in me, that's not according to your word, show it to me, reveal those places that are hidden in my life. I, I want to know what those are. I, I, I joke around with the people that I mentor. I, I often say that I, I want to be the first to know of the things broken in me hmm. before everyone else does. Cause the reality is, is that if I'm not working that out with the, the, if the, Holy Spirit is not, if I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to work out things in my life um, that are hidden, eventually they will be exposed at my peril. Hmm. And I don't think that's just because I'm a pastor. I think that is indicative of all of our lives is that we, if you're a Christ follower, um, part of the deal is allowing the work of the Holy Spirit to bring um,
1: conviction and correction. Uh, this is a, wait, where'd it go, where to go?
0: Sure, I can fill space, Evan. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I lost, uh, I lost the question.
1: Let's see. What do you want to talk about? Okay, here we I, go. <laughs> but where do we lose a sin as a sin, and what about dying with unforgiven sins? I think the other one, if I can paraphrase, was is there absolute morality? Is there things that are absolutely wrong and things that are not a sin? Uh, do we believe in that, or is it up to individuals to um, come to that conclusion?
2: It's not up to us to determine what's right and wrong. How, who do we think we are to make those determinations? But God can. He's, he's the only one righteous. Jesus even said there's only one good person, and that's God. There's only one good, and it's him. So, uh, so I, I, I'd be very careful to be the, the decider of, um, the, of what's absolute truth now as christ followers i think we need to learn increasingly how to discern what is true and and lean into that first personally before we like start casting out you know little truth bullets shooting out little truth bullets to everybody, we first need to let, I mean, Jesus was very clear that every time that you point out a speck in someone else's eye, there's a log in yours, and he wants to deal with the log in ours. And imagine if everyone does that within the community of Christ followers. So, so I think what we do like to do, Evan, is we like to shoot out moral bullets outside of the church as if they're somehow required to live by absolute truths of the God they're not choosing to live and to follow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, that doesn't even make any sense to me. Right. So they're, they haven't even chosen to follow Jesus, but we're putting that presumption on them, that like, this is the way. So sorry, you're wrong. And so I think for me, morality, the moral questions have to be discussed in the context of the community of faith.
1: And what, we're, what you're saying is this isn't an anti-holiness message. This is a holiness starts in oh, yeah. me it's first, right? A high, Before I, it's a high bar. Yeah. And I, my, even the way I've expressed
2: the way of Jesus is, is being transformed as, the, as I'm being transformed in this, in this issue and these dialogues, I'm like, I, there, it's a high bar. I'm not going to sell an easy way to anyone that, that the way of Jesus is somehow easy. Quite the opposite. You know, now when I'm having conversations with people about the way of Jesus, and they're curious, and they're interested, and Jesus is popular, and he's a cool guy, and wow, he has a lot, man, love, I love, love, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I know I do too, it changes everything. It changes everything. But eventually, he's going to ask you to let go of some things that you're holding on to, And that even the culture says is okay. He's gonna ask you to stop. And that, eventually that's gonna happen. When that happens, how that happens is really up to him and the work of the Holy Spirit. But, but, but it's still going to happen. The, we, can't, we can't, I, I think if that, we don't allow the transformational work of the gospel in our lives, we undermine the actual gospel, the power of the gospel. What good is it? if it keeps me broken and in my sin? What good is it if it keeps me bound up and locked up? I mean, there's no power in that, right? And so I think Jesus came to set the captives free. Yeah. I wanna be free and I want my, my brothers and sisters to be free, but I want them to know Jesus before they're set free.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And you, you referenced the, the woman caught in adultery. At the end, as he did so oftentimes, he brought healing, or forgiveness, or freedom from accusers. And then he says, "Go and sin no more." He doesn't say, "And back to your sin with you." You know, head on back. I, I, I allowed you now to continue in the mess you were in. It, it's not that.
2: Yeah, I just had an amazing conversation via email with, um, men, with one of our pastors on staff, who was having a conversation with um, a um, same-sex couple that came to our church and and they were asking some really hard questions about what we you know will they be accepted here and can they be a part of this community and they're Christ followers and and they're self-confessed Christ followers and and immediately we were having this dialogue and they're like well are they really Christ followers because they don't hold to the traditional view of marriage Like, well, wait a second. They're choosing to follow the way of Jesus. We can't, we're not the determining factor of like, well, who's in and who's out. So now the question is, can I, will I open myself up to the full work of God in my life? Mm. And even if it, even if what he says to me hurts and goes against what I thought I knew. Um, I mean, I think that's the work of that has happened in my life all throughout my life. So I think, so when I think about any kind of social issue out there now that the culture is accepted, but maybe, maybe uh, the church is unable to just fully embrace some things in the culture. It's like, well, let's not just, let's not just, you know, it's not just black and white and cut this line down the center and those are in and those are out. It's like, wait a second, let's have a conversation about the transformational work of God in our lives. Um, but let's do that in the context of following after Jesus. Um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: it does. And uh, we talked about it this morning. But in the Old Testament, you have the law; you have just black and white, and you don't need the Holy Spirit because you just have the rules. So, do you fit in the rules? No. Okay, cool. You're out. Or uh, we come and kill you and all your people. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Old Testament is pretty brutal. With Christ, He comes and the Holy Spirit comes and says, "I want to be involved in those conversations now. I want to. I want to have a part." In this process, yeah. um, otherwise it would just be the law 2.0, right? Yeah, it would be here's a new there's list so of rules. So much
2: room for the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that that takes a lifetime. Paul even would say towards the end of his life, I wrestle with what I want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, and that which I don't want to do, I do, and I, oh God, help me. Skin. This flesh, you know, and it, there's this tension. I just don't know if we'll ever get rid of this tension, but what I what I do want us to get rid of is building walls up in for people to accept Jesus because of our moral codes prohibit people from coming to him. That's just not
0: the way of Jesus. Hmm. So to tie a few text questions all together, what does this mean for Westside going forward? Is How is this changing how we prepare to speak our messages or we do outreach from our community? What impact are we going to see in Westside Church over the next calendar year?
2: Just, I just envision a community so filled with God's love that questions of morality are just way down the road. I'm not saying they'll never happen, but it's just like, this it's not the first thing we talk about. You know, I'll have people come up to me and say, hey, I'm doing this or that. Let's, it's more than just swearing, you know. I'll, I'll, I remember a conversation I had with a a young lady who came up after service and, you know, I had an abortion, will I be accepted here? And um, I mean, by the end of the conversation, it was, uh, I embraced her and just, you're you so welcome here. There's, no, there's nothing, there's nothing we, any of us have done that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There's just nothing that, that is just like, we're, we're in this together, you know? And that kind of community, that would be amazing in mm-hmm. the it, it, where it's not just a, a pastor or a group of people, which I think we have a lot of the west side but it 's an entire church filled with people it's other churches that we 're influencing in this way that are living a different um, it, live in a different way than what they are presently and how we approach our community how we approach our culture um you know what i 'm saying I just think there's there's a, there's a better way to approach people that are living outside of of the way of Jesus than what we're currently doing typically.
0: Would it be true to say that, because uh, a lot of the, one of the big questions is, you know, is your church affirming of homosexuality or even we could expand it beyond that. Is your church affirming of marijuana use or is your church affirming of all this? I think one of the major things that we have to realize as people that are a part of the church is that the gospel in the way of Jesus really isn't affirming of any of us holy. Like there are some, that, just like you were talking about earlier, there's a conviction that has to come for each one of us. As we come before God and we worship him and we spend time together in community, we must all realize that there is not, there is not a whole part of us. There are all of us that is just perfectly in line that God yeah. affirms everything. All yeah, no,
2: right. And, that, and we have standards um, for leadership in our church um, it's not like hey, any you know it's we've we've opened we want to open up our hearts and our community and our church our community of faith wide open to everyone from all walks of life um, there there are standards that we hold to according to what we believe it are the teachings of Jesus when it comes to things like um, uh, same-sex relationships and when it comes to things like marijuana use I mean we actually I mean I we, we so uh, the church staff on uh, you can't get drunk or we'll have a conversation. That's <laughs> yeah, a nice way of saying it. <laughs> and I, I don't believe in letting people go by the way because of moral issues. I believe it's a conversation that needs to happen, and there might need to be a break, but restoration is always the goal. Restoration is always the goal. Um, but things like we, so we have we've had a policy for years about um, alcohol use to not excess, and then marijuana. We had this conversation with the staff, and like once it became legal, they were like, well, what are we going to do? And so we we just decided that. Um, that we're going to abstain from marijuana use as a staff Um, and based, mostly based on the, (laughs) the, there they are, Uh, mostly based on um, the fact that, you know, just, and this is just a personal opinion, but um, I can maybe I can drink a beer or two and not get drunk. I'm pretty sure, though, I haven't tried. I'm pretty sure that I, could, I can't smoke a joint without getting high. And so we just decided, based on kind of that logic, well, let's just let's just make a policy. And <laughs> it's not a moral it's not a moral policy per se. It's just there are different standards for leadership that we hold to, and that we that you have to at some point you yeah. have to like you have yeah. to okay this is the this is the um, this is the park that we're all gonna play in kind of thing in a sense of leadership. Um, And I just think there are always, there's always, there's always two different, um, um, what am I trying, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, requirements between people that are followers of Jesus and people who decide to be leaders in the church of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's pretty clear in scripture. So
1: anyway. Is it fair to say that there's a place for people to come to uh, their small group leader or a pastor or you and say, you know what, I'm, I'm wrestling with this thought of, of is it okay for me to smoke marijuana or not what do you think is there a place for you to speak into that and say well he, let's look at the way of jesus and here's here's what i i see and have that conversation yeah man, i that-
2: hope it's a conversation and not just oh sorry you need to leave right you can't be part of this small group anymore <laughs> jesus don't let that ever happen in our church um So that, yeah, conversation is the most important thing, Evan, is that we have conversations about, we have, we have quite a few people actually that, um, that are living together that are not married and, and um, according to um, what I believe the teachings of Jesus are, that would be something that would be like, that would be need to be a conversation at some point in our progression towards leadership in our church. And so, so, but there are always conversations. It's ne- And it's never about who's in and who's out. Are you accepted or not accepted? Can you be a part of this or not a part of this? It's never about that. It's never about that. It's always about, well, as we continue to pursue more influence in a community, we do have to have a certain level of like. Well, this is what we this is what the, this is what we do believe about some of these issues, and we do believe some of these things. That's why that's why I get I get emails all the time. Why don't you talk about this stuff on the weekends? You know, and it's because we. I mean, we're speaking to our entire community on the weekends, not just our faith community. And um, and so that's why I think First Wednesday, for instance, is super important for us, is to have a space where we can have these conversations like this. I know this is a Sunday night, but mm. to have conversations like this on a Wednesday where we can talk about some of these issues and from from and really talk about them you know and say this is what I do believe about and this is why I believe this and and then how do we have these conversations with people inside the church and outside of the church same-sex relationships living together smoking marijuana whatever the issue is you know um, and have conversation about that that doesn't all of a sudden make us uh, into haters bigots um, etc but actually loving people who care about the souls of every single person in our community that's the deal about you know, the Ten Commandments were not given to put everybody in a box and you got to live this way or else. It was out of this great love that God had for his people who he knew were going to wander for 40 years. And when he said, don't covet after your neighbor's wife, you know why? Because if you do that for 40 years, it will destroy this community. Right. It wasn't about, well, if you do that, then I can't love you. You know, God would say, no, it wasn't about that. It was like, if you murder, this is going to go bad for you. This is not good. Yeah, it's right. not healthy community. That that's at the end of the day that's what moral moral codes are for. I I right. think is for our good. It's for it's to make us healthier as a community, not like Jesus loves you or doesn't love you based on these things. We just got to get out of that. We got to yeah. we got to break our way break ourselves away from that.
1: So if people feel um that for them morally drinking's not okay, um other things that maybe you might do are not okay? Do they have to feel bad now because they have that feeling of I, I can't drink, I shouldn't drink, yeah, but right. now my church is telling me that I should be okay with that? No,
2: of course not. I just, I would say on both sides, let's not be prideful of those things. Let's not be prideful on one side. I can do that. Nor can we, well, I've chosen not to do that. Let's not be prideful on either end, but let's embrace our moral code. Cause it is our moral code and everyone needs to have one. And, and, and embrace that as yours. Don't, don't, don't give yourself permission just because someone else has permission. That's, that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, that, if that, if it's not good for you, then don't do it. Right. But, but on the other end, don't also say, well, if it's not good for me, it's not good for anybody. Well, that's not true either, you know? So I think we just got to navigate this in community, in love, with a lot of grace, and give people space and room uh, to kind of help and, and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work.
0: Yes. Which leads to um, the end of your message, which I thought was phenomenal, because I think a lot of this conversation— Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. All right, that's it. Uh, <laughs> no. But I, I think some of us, if, if we allow ourselves to, we can take this podcast or we could take your message and, and use it as an opportunity to say, see— whatever is whatever, all things are permissible. My pastor even said that it's cool to do this and that. And then you finished up your message with saying, um, just talking about the idea of examination. You said self-examination is at the core of Christian ethics ethics, and and, and talked about Psalms 139. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Something that we've talked about as we discussed the parables this last year and how Jesus often told a parable or a story and he just kind of left it on the table and then walked away without a, a nice bow on the end of it, uh, it leads us always back to this discussion of the difficulty, but the importance of diving deeply into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not yeah. search me, oh pastor, and let me know the error of my ways. It's search me, oh God. So how do we actively as individuals in this church um, pursue that, that road of examining? Yeah, it? that's so good, Ben. I,
2: every morning or every night, you guys can pick, I would say... Have a moment of self-examination. It doesn't mean you need to be long or drawn out and don't get the whip out like some of the old, you know, priests used to do back in the day and whip themselves. I'm such a bad person, you know, that's, that's dumb too. But um, take some time to, to do some self-examination. Maybe it's not once a day, maybe it's once a week, but have space where you go like, God, show me. And then get really quiet with it and have a piece of paper and a pencil because if you really ask and you really want to know if there's anything in you, there is. And he will show you and he will show you that because he loves people that are hungry and eager for the transformational work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk more about the Holy Spirit on this coming first Wednesday, not this Wednesday, but I think it's the following Wednesday um, in our first Wednesday service and we're going to have a time like this as well to dialogue about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How do we welcome him into our everyday and uh, who is he? <laughs> we'll start there and go from there. but I, I hope you can join us back for that. so
1: yeah. Um, as we close, just one more text. And this is, I think, really, really good. Uh, Pastor Spencer has asked that we wish him a happy birthday. Uh, so happy birthday, happy Pastor, birthday, Pastor Spencer, Spencer, 31. Congratulations, buddy. 31 years old?
2: You have an old soul, Spencer. I, I, I just assumed you must be older than that just because you just are so... I, I was going to say mature, but that's not quite the right word. But... Um, <laughs> You just, have an, you just have an old soul about you, Spencer. And I and I owe you lunch from fantasy football. You beat me twice.
0: Yeah, you beat me twice this season. So. Spencer made his way into every one of these services. He though. did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast recording. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, all these will be posted on our website behind Have a great night. Thanks.